2: Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Strength Network. It is April 10th, 2022. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. We promised you the wide receiver show this week. In the spirit of openness, we lied. Our aspirations exceeded our availability, as the remuneration from this podcasting avocation does not yet justify cessation from our professions that actually provide our incomes. But we will do a preliminary overview of some wide receivers who may fall to the Steelers in a later round. Unlike its QB offering, this year's class is full of athletic wide receivers.
3: Yeah, it was a little bit of a half lie. We actually do have a bunch of information on receivers. Been watching receivers intermittently through the uh, past couple months as it was, wasn't able to dig in as deep as I wanted because I had to go out of town, and it, you know, uh, one thing after another, but it's a really exciting class for the Steelers to take a look at. So we'll, We will investigate that. You know, you got to nourish your football brain if you want to have any idea of what's going on during the draft. It's much more fun to watch the draft if you know guys throughout, you know, not just the first round, but through the rest of the draft. And you also got to nourish your body and you should nourish it with athletic greens. Tons of people take multivitamins. Look, man, not me anymore. I just take athletic greens because when I take that stuff, I'm absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start my day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Nothing really helps me focus, but for normal people, it will. It's lifestyle-friendly, less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, no anthrax. Plus, it costs less than three dollars per day it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition especially during cold and flu season it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com sportsdrink sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com sportsdrink sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. ColorCast is alive! audio-only sports talk platform that the world is exploding at the seams for. It's free to download and it's easy to use. Look, you can talk to podcasters. You can talk to fans. You can even talk to athletes and insiders in real time about whatever controversy happened in the game, whatever predictions you may have. Maybe there's... uh I'm not sure how much we can actually say during actual commercial here, but there's a lot of things uh, ancillary to sports that you could talk about in here that revolve around the beautiful world of football, you know, mostly, that's just for me. But share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app for free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group.
2: So let's not bury the lead. Two days ago on Friday at exactly 1107 Eastern, you sent me a text. Dwayne Haskins was hit and killed by a car while training in Florida. Yeah. And I had to sit on that. I mean, we both – we have no idea what to say about that. It's – A, it's the most random, tragic thing you can concoct. You can't even concoct it. Like, he's 24. I mean, I know that, that, that happens, but it's just such a bolt of lightning.
3: Yeah, it's surreal. I mean, obviously, it's tragic. It's depressing. Um, the guy's 24 years old. It's at that moment when you truly realize that the guy is just a kid. And it's not that you're not thinking of him as a human being or anything like that when they're playing football, but just when you're talking about football players, you're not uh, considering mortality every second. You know, you're, you're having a hobby and, and they're doing the same thing and they're probably not considering it as well. But when something like that happens, it's so surreal and so sad and you just get this tidal wave of emotion towards oh man that's a 24-year-old kid with so much in front of him and it was so sad because david actually sent me the text i was playing in austin this weekend and i was running all over the place so i wasn't on twitter and he sent me the text and i had the same emotion you can't fathom it like dwayne haskins the quarterback for the steelers are you serious and I said the same thing to him, like, I don't know what to say. And then immediately after, of course, you're just, this is so tragic. And it's such a bummer. I'll say, um, I don't know if you'd call it a positive thing, but something that you'd that you like to see is the tremendous outpouring from people. I mean, not just Steelers, but Patrick Mahomes and any big player in the NFL. We all know who Dwayne Haskins is. But, you know, there's an outpouring which truly feels genuine from the whole league because – how could you not feel that way? And then the the main thing I take from it is uh, Ben Roethlisberger in his statement uh, touched on this a lot, and in the various tweets by players this was mentioned, but Dwayne Haskins was an effervescent, jovial guy, and that was the main thing everybody said. He's one of those guys who showed up every single day in a good mood. He was buoyant, and I really respect that, especially for a guy – who it could be hard doing that when you're, like, fighting for a backup quarterback job. I could see, you know, myself, you know, hopefully I wouldn't do that. But if I were in that position, I could see – or I wouldn't do this. I could see myself having trouble, you know, staying buoyant. Like, you, you probably want to be the starter. It would be hard to interact that way, and I just really respect that about him. I'd always heard that about him, but it's cool to see that people are celebrating that aspect of his personality. And, and I even feel weird saying celebrating – Anything right now, just because it's so fresh and so damn sad.
2: Let me let me give you a little bit of background. Uh, at first, we didn't know what happened. We just heard about the the car accident. Apparently, he was attempting to cross I five ninety five, which is a mystery in itself at six four six forty in the morning, uh, and he was struck by a dump He's going truck. to the airport. He's going to the airport. So that's come out since I heard this.
3: I think that I think that's been out. It might have just been somewhere else. But he was down in Florida with. I think Mitch Trubisky and Chase Claypool and a bunch of the Steelers training. And then he was heading back to the airport, or you know, he was going to go to the airport that day or something like that. But to me, it, yeah, it's good to report that so so people have an idea of it. It just makes it even more tragic. You know, they're uh, hit by a car. I mean, it's, it's so sad. And, and, you know, NFL player, it's like, it's just weird. You just wouldn't think you'd hear that. Like, you think of these guys as larger than life and – Uh, That type of death, uh, not to linger on this for too long, because I'm sure everybody's had uh, something maybe not directly related to them, but uh, in your world where where something uh, instant has happened that way, and it is it shakes you uh, pretty badly, and it's just so sad, man.
2: Sure. Well, this is interesting. He was born in New Jersey, uh, trained in central Pennsylvania for a while, and he played one of your high school rivals locally, Bullis School in Potomac, Maryland. He ended up with the Buckeyes. He only had one season as a starter, but it was a crazy season as he threw for 4,800 4, passing yards and 50 touchdowns. So yeah. a really, he kind of burst on the scene one year, selected 15th in 2019 by the, Washington. <laughs> the Redskins at the time, and uh, was re- released a year later. I mean, he had quite a meteoric rise and a meteoric uh, decline.
3: Yeah, I mean, but the thing I mean, that's the thing Washington, that's, right? You
2: know. Well, it's Washington, it's him like you, you're saying he was 22 when he came out. I mean, he had a lot of immaturity, but the what makes this even sadder is it seemed like the reset was working for him. By all accounts, you know, a really yeah. beyond his personality, he he got to work and uh he really put his nose to the grindstone and maybe this would have been the resurrection of a career, who knows.
3: And even if it was—and the reason why we're talking about this right now, because we'll mention the Adam Schefter thing briefly where, you know, he put out the tweet. Adam Schefter's always got the news first. And in his tweet reporting that Dwayne Haskins died, he said—basically said he's a struggling player. And, of course, the world uh, justifiably erupted at that, saying, how the hell are you including that in the tweet about this tragic death of a 24-year-old? Of course, um, but— We're just telling the story about Dwayne Haskins because I agree with you. It adds to the respect um, I gained for him throughout his time with the Steelers. I don't necessarily think his career would have ever recovered. I'm sure that he still had faith. That's what those NFL players are. But you can still make millions and millions of dollars as a backup or you could have started at one point in your life. But that's what I respect even more is like, you're getting buried third, maybe fourth string on, on the depth chart, and you're still coming to work with a smile and a, uh, an uplifting attitude when, you know, he didn't beat out Mason, the Steelers brought in Mitch, it's, they're going to take a quarterback in the first round. Like you see, he, he was just the top 20 pick in the NFL draft, record-setting quarterback at Ohio State. Like, it would be really hard to, ha- to, to go from that height Um, to fall down, to be a backup player. We always talked about Darius Hayward-Bay that way. That was so impressive that a lot of those top draft picks, like, if if they don't pan out, it would probably be really difficult to deal with not being the man. And then I think that some of them, you know, get out of the league or whatever. But we always said with Darius Hayward-Bay, hey, it makes sense that this guy, you know, you can't teach 4-3. Maybe he can't play receiver, but he can definitely play special teams. Or like Dwayne Haskins maybe he's not a starter but he, the guy's very talented he could definitely be a backup and i i think that that's something tremendously mature uh to respect and, and learn from um and i just re- at least respect the way that he was handling it
2: so there's a lot of controversy in twitter land right You're, as you you mentioned and right. i don't know if we need to get into that people just i mean you wanted to make uh mention of claypool's tweet which is particularly emotional
3: yeah, so there's a couple things. We'll do Claypool's tweet first, and then, yeah, I'm not going to rail on this stuff. Like I told you, I'll get it out on the phone earlier when we were talking. I have, I was about to say succinct, and I know myself too well, but let's see if I can hold myself to it. I'll, I'll give some succinct thoughts on Claypool's tweet, Gil Brandt's foolishness on the interview, and Adam Schefter's tweet. So Chase Claypool put out a video of himself driving and sobbing. Uh, you know, violently crying over uh, dealing with the emotion of Dwayne Haskins' death. And I, I guess I wasn't surprised to see this, but on the replies to his tweet, there's so many people who instantly reply, this isn't the why would you film this? Why would you do this? And I'm feeling myself getting heated right now, uh, just thinking about that. I just want to say, like, look, here's the moral of the story. Every generation, every young generation of teenagers and 20 year olds, every one of those generations, probably through the history of time, annoys the older generation because society changes tremendously. All the people who are yelling at Claypool for using social media, they're, you know, the people who were the the 40 year olds when they were 20 would call them pansies for not being at war. You know, there's always a tougher generation. The farther we get away from war (laughs) the less people you know have the same values or whatever it is so look the guy lives his life on social media it seems to me like people who you who are making comments against that don't know any teenagers or 20 year olds it's genuine it's what it is would i do that on social media would dad would you do that does the person who's replying that have to do that no Can we find it a little bit cringy like yeah because when you if you thought of your friend doing it you thought of yourself doing it like yeah it's a little weird but the fact is that's what they are into just like in the 60s the adults hated the hippies and now they're like a part of you know uh, history books right it always rubs but the thing is it's genuine it's culture so like It's not this premeditated thing by Claypool. That's just what they do. Is they're online, and so from what I take from that is I can parse out the old man yelling at Cloud thing of "Why would you do that?" It's like, if you've seen everything else he's consistently done, he's on social media, so this isn't inconsistent with this with his personality. And athletes aren't good actors. He's not making that up. So you are seeing the genuine raw emotion of of another like twenty three, twenty four year old, and that's pretty gut gut wrenching. I don't know if you saw it, but it, it's really sad, man. He was just with him before he died.
2: Yeah, I watched it. I couldn't listen to it.
3: Yeah, it's so sad, man. They're,
2: I don't need I don't needs. need in somebody's honestly. I mean, maybe yeah. my generation doesn't want to doesn't want to be inside your head. That's all. That's from my perspective.
3: Well, I mean, all humans. You're gonna are work there. out. Yeah. I mean, no, oh, all... I
2: think there is something generational. I mean, we, we we didn't we shared less, and my father shared less than me, and my grandfather probably yeah. didn't talk twice in his whole life. So
3: yeah, <laughs> and and we watched the Steelers and just grunt as they score a touch well stop touchdowns yeah. basically. Uh, yeah, no, that kind of stuff, and this actually does make for an interesting podcast. I, I knew that, but like, it's um, you know, there you could make the other arguments about the older generations of like the posturing what? and the, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. Nothing. I can never be gay. like just all kinds of uh, insecurities from that generation. Like if you, if you want us to list those ones, we can do that. And my generation has them. Every generation has their thing. Of course the, the TikTok tock stuff, it's cringy. It is what it is, but it's genuine. Every generation has their thing. The, uh, the, the complete misreading of the moment there. It's not shocking to me. It's just depressing. It's why I've stopped tweeting recently as much just cause it, it is pointless a lot of the time, just the stupidity in there. But um, uh, I guess I lost my train of thought there, yeah. Let's it, leave it your sister to do the
2: therapy. Your, your sister has the therapy <laughs> podcast. Let's leave this to her. So speaking of a generation that probably looked a bit askance and maybe mishandled the emotional side of this tragedy, there were a couple tweets you wanted to talk about.
3: Yeah, so Gil Brandt, he didn't tweet. He had an interview, and then, uh, but this one is—I wish this is one of the ones where the world could just be a little bit simpler. Uh, Gil Brandt's a 90-year-old man. He is on his way out. He <laughs> Talk about different generations. He said one of the most callous things I've ever heard a human being say in conversation, let alone in media. Basically, you know, saying. Dwayne Haskins was a screw up, and we shouldn't be surprised that he was like running on a highway or something, and, and the death basically insinuating, well, not even insinuating, saying that he's an idiot and and he caused this. And my response to that is, we can all agree that is so outlandishly, outrageously, ridiculously stupid and callous. And you're talking about we need to respect our our elders probably even more in America. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you see some other cultures, that, they'll come and live with you, all this different kind of stuff. but So I'm just prefacing that by saying, like, he's a 90-year-old man. Bill Pullion, another 80-something-year-old as well, said that Lamar Jackson needed to play receiver. We don't need to take these guys at face value. And I understand some people tweeting against him. it You did need to say something, right? But I think that that's a very quick... Okay, there's that old kook. you just put him back in the rocking chair and let's move on from that instead of focusing on that element. And then with the Adam Schefter thing, the tweet, pretty shocking how dumb he was to put that like he was a struggling player and then he died. And I guess he has reached out to some people. Ryan Clark tweeted that Adam Schefter reached out to Ryan Clark, called him unprompted to apologize and said how stupid it was. So it does seem like he realized it. Uh, it it was wrong. That was really dumb. It just shows you, I guess, these information robots like Schefter, Rappaport, those guys. They must just get so caught up in that. I need to be the first that they they go in there and they they really have no emotion towards people at all. So, again, I don't think that we should spend too much time on that one. I'd rather see messages like, you know, what uh, what uh, Ben and, and and some of these other guys uh, who who knew uh, Dwayne Haskins put out.
2: Now that we're past that shocking tragedy, hopefully we we treated that with the respect that uh, you would hope everybody does. Let's move on to the topic that we announced last week. We didn't quite get as in-depth as we wanted to on our film study, as it were. But I think we have some pretty good information on some guys that may be sliding to the Steelers in a second or third round.
3: So here's the weird thing. The Steelers, I don't think they're going to do this, but there's two two thoughts that dawn on me. Number one, they could go like QB wide receiver and running back in the first three rounds. I think they're probably going to wait on the running back until the fourth or the fifth round. But I've said this in the past, and now I'm as the draft's approaching, I'm getting a little crazier about it because I think backup running back. I know we're talking about receivers, but I'm, I'm going there. Backup running back, I think, is a massively important position. You know what they're gonna do to Najee Harris. Well, what Mike Tomlin's gonna do to Najee Harris. He's gonna do the same thing he did to Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams, and James Conner How about those glory years of rushing dad? What was it, five years or something when they had that great line in those three running backs? I can only remember one year where the running back made it to the end of the year. And it was Le'Veon when in the Jaguars loss in the playoffs. Every other year. Le'Veon got hurt, um, you know, for the AFC Championship game. He got hurt in the final game against the Bengals. Um, D'Angelo Williams got hurt in, like, the final game or something like that. James Conner got knocked out. Like, these guys don't make it to the end of the season with 30 touches per game. And I'm just, frankly, very worried about that with Najee. Obviously, he's insanely durable. So were those three guys. Well, until, until Conner wasn't, but... Um, that's why I think you. I mean, your your running backs are trash. I just can't. You know, Benny Snell's the next in the line of these. Um, who's that guy? Uh, Jalen Samuels, right? So I guess what I'm saying is, receiver is going to be a priority. But I was while I was looking at receivers this week, I was musing like, man, they need a backup running back so badly. You need a D'Angelo to the Le'Veon Bell. And what if they went like. Just sex appeal draft with quarterback, receiver, and running back because with receiver, we actually do get a look at guys who are going to get taken in the top uh, three rounds because the Steelers only have two starting receivers, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. So, what kind of receiver are they going to draft? They're probably going to draft a slot, right? What were you going to say?
2: I want to back to the re- the running back idea. Yeah. You know who's available?
3: Frank Gore. Oh <laughs> no, he's not. He just retired.
2: Yeah. yeah so box. did. Um,
3: oh, he's going to box.
2: <laughs> exactly. Good point. Good point. <laughs> you know what they paid? You know what his What's last contract cost? His last contract was one million dollars. You he's and I could probably, a <laughs> and a few guys can scrape together a million two, and he would come back tomorrow.
3: He's, He's really likable. He's really cool. You hear him on podcasts. say, like, he just loves football. He played for a million dollars at thirty-eight years old, or whatever. You <laughs> forty-four years old. You're right. They should bring back. Well, they out there, right?
2: <laughs> there's just a lot of free agents out there who could provide an adequate backup. Before I would, I would use a, a draft pick. I mean, the offensive line still
3: needs a lot of still needs a lot uh, of rebuild. I don't think there are. I think they missed the free agent running backs. I think that they, I, that's why I was, that's why I didn't, it didn't become as urgent to me until now because I thought they were going to sign a D'Angelo Williams type and they did not. And guys got scooped up. So you can either pay a guy or you can get a guy on the super cheap in the draft. So I definitely think they're going to draft one, but they have had zero success drafting running backs late ever. There's like, there's not one. So I really think they're going to draft a guy and he's going to suck. Because when has it ever been the other case? So I'm pretty worried about that.
2: So I would pick up a free agent, let them suck, and not spend the money not spend the draft pick. I mean, Leonard Fournette, Chase Edmonds are out there. I mean
3: Fournette's back on the um, Fournette's back on the bucks. Damn. Okay. I get up. And Edmonds Is he in Miami? Yeah. No, there really, aren't guys, there really aren't guys available at the moment. Um, All right. I'm, but, but you're, but you're, you're right. There's probably, I'm probably not thinking of someone. You can get some serviceable guy. But uh, I th- also think you need just like a consistent backup running back. Because if they're going to – the more I thought about this, we'll get to receivers later. The more, these conversations are interesting. The more I think about this, Najee Harris is drone Bettis. He's the new drone Bettis. He's never going to break a 50-yard run. It's never going to happen, but he is going to take the souls. Let me think of something different. That's too that's too cliche. He's going to rip out the tracheas of defenders who are within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and just battering Ram you and juke you and do some cool stuff. Yeah, Drum didn't juke. Jerome didn't catch, but let's just adjust for the new modern NFL because the good running backs can do that and he's just going to battering ram you, and they're going to give him volume. And he's she's one of those guys who gets better as the game goes on. I think you always need to have a backup running back for that kind of guy. The D'Angelo Williams situation and then, and then filling in Connor, that was such a great formula because we kept talking about it for years with the Le'Veon Bell contract stuff. Like, well, D'Angelo and Connor do just as well. So if you want to use – Nigerus, like a battery ram, drone Bettis. I, I do want to invest in a guy who's like, yeah, we always got this backup running back. I was hoping it will be a free agent too, but they didn't go that route. So I'm interested to see it. I think it's a massive need, but receiver, there are only two starters. So they're going to draft a guy who's got to play like day one. And honestly, they've had some success with that recently.
2: Yeah, we should look at Toledo to start.
3: Seriously. <laughs> Deontay, you know anybody? or How are these guys? So, the Steelers don't have a slot receiver. And here's my problem. I've seen some people put this out on Twitter, and I completely agree with it, to be honest with you. I think Chase Claypool should be playing the slot. I, I don't think he's a he's not an outside receiver. It's so weird. He looks like he is. He's one of the best-looking players on the field in the NFL. He really does look like Julio Jones. so big, so fast, and so jacked, but... He's like a build-up speed guy, and he's really more a catch-and-run guy than anything else. And I know he makes some plays downfield, but he doesn't consistently beat his man deep like Martavis Bryant would. Or even like Sammy Coates would. Or he doesn't beat guys deep, like, at all. He sort of struggles with the nuance of playing on the outside. But he's almost like a Debo Samuel, where when you give Chase the ball on a reverse or on a little crossing pattern... He builds up that steam and he's a great runner with the ball. And yeah, he makes some plays downfield, but I wish they would move him to the slot. I just think they're kind of fixated on having him on the inside. um But that's what's going to sway my uh, thought on who they're going to take. So I think we're all interested in the same guy. Is this Sky Moore? SKYY Moore out of Western Michigan. This is the guy we're all looking at. This I don't know if you can get him all the way in the third round, but the second round, you couldn't even care that much. This is a 5'10", 195 receiver who ran a four four one. He's a real slot who actually has like a deep threat. So the Steelers need, A, a true deep threat, and a starting slot receiver. You could get both in one here, not to mention he's an Allegheny and Pittsburgh guy which they actually do like the Steelers traditionally do like taking guys from the area maybe because they know more about them but I actually think there is a little bit of a cultural thing to that as well so I think that's the dude that we all have circled is Sky Moore he was a two-time Allegheny conference offensive player of the year at quarterback a lot of the good slot receivers were quarterbacks because there's a lot of nuance and you have to change your routes a lot based on coverage and sometimes you know as, when you're like those athletic quarterbacks, it may not necessarily be straight line speed. It's like the quickness, so it makes a lot of sense. So he's the kind of guy, the, the one big guy we're looking at. And then the other guy, and they've shown a lot of interest in him. They've met with him, the Steelers. And the other guy is George Pickens from Georgia. And this guy is the potential freak, right? 6'3", 195, 4'4", 7, out of Georgia. Steelers have shown a lot of interest in him. He was injured like not last year, but like slightly before last year and didn't play as much. So this dude is supposed to be like a bona fide first round guy. And he's got that kind of talent to play on the outside. A lot of people are saying he probably won't be there at 52. But if he was, I think it's sort of like a juju situation When the Steelers were picking, and we all knew that they didn't need receivers at the time, but a bona fide stud like Juju fell to them, and they're like, okay, well, we got to take this. We don't know what's happening with Martavis. We like to cycle our receivers anyways, and I think that that's what they would do with George Pickens, and then that's what makes me wonder, like, will you be flexible with Claypool and put him in the slot or something like that? So those are really the two big guys that the Steelers have shown interest in, and that um, also fit a specific need for what the Steelers are doing.
2: You know, you didn't uh, you, you said that Sky Moore was local guy, I can't do the accent anymore, but he's from New Kensington and he played <laughs> at Shadyside Academy. What's interesting, as you noted, he was offensive player of the year, quarterback. He was also defensive player of the year in high school. And he never played a down uh, of quarterback or DB. In college, which makes this really interesting, because a lot of people don't think we've seen his upside yet. He's just getting used to the position.
3: Yeah, and that is true. Antoine Randall, and and Julian Edelman, and Brad Smith, and you know Braxton Miller didn't have a great NFL career, but there were definitely some flashes. It it, it really is a, a sensible transition. And once again, I respect those guys who come out of. Uh, high school and they realize they need to transition from quarterback it's hard to transition from, once you're quarterback and you're the man and you you think of yourself that way and it's it's you know it's the most fun thing to do in football I mean you get the ball on every play you're in control you're the leader of the team so I really respect guys who realize when the writing's on the wall like hey I want to play in the NFL I'm not I'm not a quarterback so let me just play receiver right away and you're right the upside's there and apparently they love them so that's pretty cool when you look at uh, the other guy, the other name who's come up who I really like is this Jalen Tolbert. Our friend Thaddeus Snow on, on Twitter actually uh, tagged us in a mock draft where he took him, and that's where I, it, for, it got my wheels turning on this guy. And this is a, a deep threat kind of dude as well. I mean, I guess you know four four nine—that's fantastic. But uh, small school, six one deep threat again I think that the Steelers I hope they're flexible enough with Chase Claypool really he's the guy I'm thinking about like Deontay's your guy you know on the outside but based on which one of these receivers fall to them if it's a more straight line guy even though they do say Jalen Tolbert has some potential to play the slot but if it's more of an outside guy I would hope that they would move Chase into the slot a little bit more or mix and match with those guys and if you get a traditional slot, then, okay, cool, leave leave Chase on the outside, but get creative on how you get him the ball. I don't think yes. they're going to go receiver in the first round, though. But we can also touch on some of those first-round guys because it's definitely not impossible.
2: Well, it's interesting that Sky Moore is getting all this attention post his college career, and I wonder if that starts a black hole of interest that might uh, – right. Increase his stock price, and I don't know about Tolbert and Pickens. I mean, Tolbert um, has okay hands, but they they talked about the fact he's dropped a couple of concentrate. You know, lack of concentration led to some right. drop passes. I also saw him make some spectacular one handed catches. Pickens, the same thing. The guy, you know, four four seven, good speed, but man, he he can get away from defensive backs once he gets ahead of steam up.
3: Yeah, in the SEC as well, six and that six really three. Yeah. Translates.
2: I mean, he's 6'3". The problem, they say, is he still doesn't have, at 195, he's still, it didn't say spindly. They used a fancy way of saying spin. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> he's got to put on a little beef.
3: He looks good, though. Like, he looks good in his uniform. And you you, you will have no doubt that he can put on. All you need is, like, 10 more pounds, you know, at a receiver at that point. That's yeah. easy. You get in the NFL strength program. He's just getting – he's barely growing into his body. You're still even thickening out until, like, 27. So he'll put that on easily. But what you said about Jalen Tolbert, where he has some concentration drops, but he can make spectacular drops, just pencil him in, right? That's who the Steelers – that's who the Steelers want. They want Martavis. They want Sammy Coates. They want Chase Claypool. That is their kind of guy. So I really do think that the Steelers, it is very likely that they could come away with one of those guys. They are not scared of that. And look, there are some times, Dad, where I I thought yesterday I started cracking up because I just remembered, oh, yeah, Mitch Trubisky's is the quarterback. <laughs> of the steelers how random is that so i don't it's different it's not the ben era era, right because sammy coats i mean damn he was frustrating but there was even a use for those guys even though they drop half those deep balls because the threat they pose and they would catch half of them and get huge touchdowns now i don't think mitch and canada are going to be able to take advantage that like you did with ben but Traditionally, the Steelers realize that there's a lot of value, even if the guy drops some deep balls, because it makes the defense change the way they play you and the way they see it's like, well, if we get a 50-yard touchdown in a game, then it's gonna, you know, set us up for success. This
2: isn't to call the Steelers out. I think a lot of teams are guilty of this. That they say, you know, we can teach catching. Right. You can't teach athleticism.
3: <laughs> right. Uh, athleticism, you know, you're either born with it most of the time but if you want to get your peak you gotta you gotta earn it and the best way to earn is with athletic greens tons of people take a a multivitamin tons so many people well they're idiots they should be taking athletic greens because with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you absorb 75 mean joe green high quality vitamins minerals Whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. There's less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything, plus it costs less than three bucks per day. This is gonna help your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, focus, recovery, and aging. It's time to reclaim your health. Arm your body with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. Don't need a million pills. You don't need one of those pill Rolodexes things that all your grandparents have. You just need Athletic Greens. To make it easy, they're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sportsdrink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sportsdrink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and easy to use. You can talk to athletes, fans, insiders, and podcasters in real time. It's perfect for debates, watch parties, breaking news reactions, and post-game breakdowns. You gotta share your own experiences on the app, meet some cool friends like we have on Twitter. Well, guess what? We can make even better ones on ColorCast together with this, this live audio-only sports talk platform. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app for free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group.
2: So those are receivers that are possibly going to follow the Steelers. There are some other guys that presumably will be gone before 20 – because it's not likely the Steelers are going to go for a wide yeah. receiver, even if one of these following guys is available. You want to go through that list quickly?
3: Yeah, I think the list of guys with Jamison Williams, Chris Olave. I mean, Drake London, he doesn't really seem like a Steelers-type receiver. He uh, doesn't have the speed. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson, these type of dudes. It, it seems like as we get closer to the draft, people are getting more hyped up on them and saying, hey, these guys are going to go a little bit earlier, right? So... This isn't – it doesn't have, like, the top-end receiver talent that the past year's had. There's obviously no um, Jamar Chase. I mean, almost nobody's had Jamar Chase. It's probably Jamar Chase, Julio Jones, and Calvin Johnson as the best receiver pro, uh, prospects. But even, like, uh, Justin Jefferson and and Jerry Judy and some of these other really big-time prospects, I think especially because Jameson Williams from Alabama, he he tore the ACL. But – these guys probably will go earlier, but I do just want to say that if one of them slides and and the quarterbacks are gone, I think the Steelers would still just take, honestly, I think they would still just take like, well, four quarterbacks are gone. Let's just take the fifth best one and call it a day. I'm very nervous about that. But I don't think it's completely impossible that they would pass up one of those top-end receivers because they need a freaking starter. They didn't sign. They haven't signed Deontay long term, which we'll talk about that more. Actually, maybe we should touch on that today because I I'm in the camp that they should sign the guy. But there's interesting arguments against it with all the great rookies that are coming out now, and just seems like there's receivers grow on trees. Deontay himself being an example. Nobody thinks about Deontay Johnson in the NFL discussion, but it's like he's a beast. There's so many of these guys. Um, but if the board doesn't fall the way the Steelers want for a quarterback and and a star receiver fell all the way to twenty. I could see them pulling the trigger, so I don't want to say that's completely impossible. You know, uh, especially Jamison Williams, but I, I also think the Steelers are turned off by by injuries, unfortunately. So I don't think that they'd roll the dice on that. Uh, question though, do you sign Deontay to a long term contract? I think Brandon Cooks got like twenty million in. Houston and he's a little he's still really good but he's not quite at his prime right now so that's probably around what like Deontay is looking at uh, obviously every other receiver in his draft class is looking for a trade and trading their Twitter bios <laughs> since some of these guys have got these massive deals Deontay's an interesting one because to me he's definitively a number one receiver I'm not saying he's as good as Debo or these other guys but a number one is like He's not scheme dependent. He can run routes and get open on anybody on his own, independent of play calling because he's so good on the border. He can make amazing catches. He can catch deep. He can run with the ball after the catch. He can do everything. We all know the one maddening thing is that he he gets the dropies, especially late in the season. Would you sign him now or long-term or no?
2: Yeah, I think, unfortunately, we have been victimized by our empty cupboard. I don't think we can go into the season or into the future without a true number one receiver. Not that I think he's stratospherically a number one receiver, but I think after him, the drop-off is so significant. We need to lock that in.
3: You think the drop-off is so significant to Chase Claypool? I do. Yeah, He just hasn't proven himself. It's
2: consistent. You know right? It's consistency, and that's still the problem. It remains to be seen whether Chase in his third year can shore some of those issues up
3: right and just most importantly it's like chase could be a superstar like i do think if he was on san francisco he'd be a he'd be a superstar because they'd find ways to get him the ball short more instead of just the, whatever the Steelers have been trying to do recently like hey you're martavis bryant right no he, he's really not like i know he looks like he is but that's not his game but the thing is he doesn't possess the nuance the coordination and the slickness to play outside receiver and just be relied on as a number one So I agree, and I would sign Deontay up now because you, in my opinion, you need a number one receiver to win the Super Bowl. You don't need a top five or top ten receiver anymore, but there's like – 18 number one there's like a lot of number ones and that's what a number one really is Derek and I were having that discussion on Twitter the other day It's like a number one is the guy who can get open independent of scheme he can get off press he can go deep he has a variety of things you know he can make amazing catches and and, and make things happen on his own so Deontay fills that quota to me and you need that so like uh and then you're right the cupboards you know so big ba- I mean I do think Chase is a great player but you're right as far as like Number one options, you don't have anything uh, unless something goes tremendously your way in this draft. But uh, I don't know. I-, I wish they would sign him now while the price was still lower because I think he could have another great season. And I think he yeah. fills well, the think, need of a number one.
2: I think I don't want to discount Cody White because I'm still holding out hope that Cody yeah. emerges as a superstar. He should be at 6'3", yeah. 215
3: pounds. He was at the workouts. Did you see him? With, no, with I didn't play see Bull, it. and Haskins and, and uh, uh. Trubisky and all those guys. I saw him. Hopefully, some talent rubs off. There's Dad's guy.
2: So there were a couple other stories, minor stories in the news this week. Josh Dobbs signs with the Browns. What do you think about that? What the
3: hell? He's dead to us. He's dead. The nicest, most likable guy in Pittsburgh turns heel. This is like an Anakin Skywalker situation. Shocking, disgusting, despicable. He said he had big news. We all thought he was going to be a rocket scientist. Turns out he's a moron. And he just signed with the most turd punch bowl organization in the history of professional sports. It's disgusting. Have fun wearing those brown poop jerseys. I hate it. What do you think?
2: Well, I think for the good of humanity, he should have just hung up the cleats and gone to his life's work. Exactly. But let's face it. He's making more than 10 times what he would as
3: a rocket <laughs> yeah. scientist. So that's not, like He's a
2: smart I- guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a. Great he'll be guy. back.
3: He'll, yeah, he'll be back. But it's like, everyone keeps calling him a rocket science, scientist. I'm like, isn't that like ten years worth of doctorate to actually become a rocket scientist? Then he just like study in the like. Undergrad? We don't know how good
2: of a rocket science, but we could we could assume that a D minus rocket scientist is twenty times smarter than the rest of us.
3: What's the movie quote, Dad? Is it Caddyshack or something like Caddyshack or Animal Mouse? Like twelve? No, it's. Uh, it's, remember, the Titans, I grew up, 12 brothers and sisters, all sleeping on the floor, blah, blah, blah. He walks away, finishes the story, and then the coach leans to the other coach and says,
1: 12 brothers and sisters?
3: He says, it was 10. the other guy says, yeah, 12 sounds better. Like, that's what I feel like with a rocket scientist. Like, let's not get too picky. Like, nah, oh, rocket science scientist it. sounds good. Give him the credit. He's way farther than most NFL guys, besides that doctor for the Ravens or whatever.
2: We didn't have time to mention this last week. Speaking of timing, running out of time, the NFL changed its overtime rules for the playoffs. So now oh, both yeah. teams will get a possession regardless of whether they score a touchdown and or two points. How do you like it? Love it. Love it? I just don't like, I don't like artificiality, if that's right. a word, in yeah. sports. Like right. the shootout in hockey, which is fun, but it should be its own event on ESPNU right. on Saturdays right. at noon. But not to end a game. I And I understand the business. They've got to fit these things into a television or a broadcast schedule perfectly. But I I do appreciate now you get a second chance, or you get a chance to score.
3: Yeah, I think that it's the most fair rule. It's interesting that the NFL is really overreacting to these high-profile playoff games, right? Like, they changed the rule because of Josh Allen not getting the ball. And... They changed the pass interference thing, and then they had to change it back because of the Rams-Saints ordeal. So it's really interesting to see them uh, knee-jerk change rules. Even a couple coaches but, refer to it.
2: Look, my, my observation in life is that it's that way. You know when these politicians right. yeah, yeah. trundle patients behind them because somebody in their family just had colon cancer? Well, you know how long colon cancer has been a problem? Longer than you've been alive, certainly, right? But all of a sudden, this guy has a distant uncle who had it, and now all of a sudden he's persuaded and Congress passes a law. Sometimes it does take a trigger event to get their attention. And I have been talking about this forever. I hate sudden death. I hate, you know, as we have discussed on numerous occasions, the NFL is stacked against defenses, so it's just unfair to rely on a coin flip to decide overtime. Now, I will say... The statistics that we read two weeks ago showed that 50% of the games are won by the team receiving, which is a little bit more complicated than we look what? on first blush. It's not a fact that teams win uh, out of proportion to those who are receiving. So you would think, based on my argument, that receiving teams win most of the time. That's it's, just it's regular pretty much season, around,
3: though, right? Correct. And then the playoffs yeah. were highly skewed towards the receiving team exactly. did win much higher percentage so here's what i think i was fine with the old rules um and then when i saw these rules i figured this is the best of both worlds because you're right particularly because of how the rules have changed and how so many of these freaking overtime things have a stupid late hit on the quarterback or a pass interference and then it's just like not the game anymore it just feels a little cheapened so i like that both teams get a shot it just is Blatantly and obviously the most fair thing to do because we were placing way too much of an emphasis on a coin toss um, but my thought but but I like that there's still sudden death after that because I Do think the four quarters should count Before the overtime and I never had I've never come away from a Steelers overtime loss f- where they didn't win the coin toss feeling like they got cheated I feel like you watch the game, and in the third quarter, especially when it gets in the fourth quarter, and you realize, like, oh, this could go to overtime. Your sense of urgency is like, we better win before we go into overtime, because if we don't win the coin toss, then, you know, they're going to go down and score. I just feel like since you have plenty of time to win the game before that, once the game's over, just like in hockey and soccer, it's like you missed your opportunity. Like you had so many opportunities that we all know the rules. We all know that there's a risk of the coin toss losing you the game. Um, so I'm glad that that's still part of it, but I definitely agree with how the the rules have moved now. It's just almost too automatic. It feels for the receiving team to to be able to score. So I like this. You both get a shot, but like, let's not just do this all day. And then like the college rules, I've always hated that. The artificiality, like we're playing a game inside a game. The best overtime rule, and I think you'll agree with me on this, is at lacrosse camp. Laxers, bro. It's Braveheart. Braveheart is the best overtime rule, and that's where in lacrosse camp when you don't feel like doing – or they don't want to do like full overtimes, you get one – you get both goalies from each team. The goalie goes into the goal, and then each squad picks one guy on their team, and they trot out there to the midfield line, and they face off, and they play full field one-on-one first-to-one goal wins, and it's awesome. Braveheart. You got your teams on the sidelines, especially, you know, in lacrosse camp, there's nobody, no fans or whatever. So the teams are just going crazy. It builds the tension. It builds the drama. Sports doesn't have enough of that. I do love shootouts that way. I just wish that it were, you know, more even between the goalies and the the shooters. This is perfectly even. Do you choose your best faceoff guys so you can win the faceoff and go down? Or do you choose just, like, your best player and your best shooter or maybe your best all-around guy because he could play defense? Like, there's some coaching decisions that go into it. And then just the visual of the two guys. You get to choose them. Like, being chosen as your as the Braveheart guy is an honor amongst your teammates, right? It would only be better if they killed the guy who lost. And then you really know that the teams care.
2: It would be okay. better if you played naked and killed the guy who lost, oh, like yeah, the Greeks.
3: Sweet. And, or the Iroquois, perhaps. The coy. Yeah.
2: Why don't we thank our sponsor here and our our, our uh, platform? Absolutely. And come up with a little bit of no, a little more information.
3: Absolutely, we would like to thank Sports Drink because today's episode of Steelers Outpost is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow, and a rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, which is spelled like sportsdrink just without the vowels. Sportsdrink, sports right? All we ask is that you close the door behind you because there's too much good stuff in here to let out.
2: The Steelers pick up vaunted. New assistant offensive line coach Isaac Williams, recently from the college ranks. Only from the college ranks. As a matter of fact, he just came to us from North Carolina Central University, where he was offensive line coach. He was at Morgan, North Colorado. You know, he did what the the usual round robin of colleges, some of which you have heard of even. So, uh, a little bit of information there since we had it. We thought we'd relay that to you. Bolster our ranks. Bolster the ranks. Uh, as far as the schedule goes, April 18th is a time when you can begin, teams can begin limited strength and conditioning meetings and physical rehab. Free agency ends on April 22nd. Hell oh, yeah. So, a lot of information packed from the show. Even though we thought we were going to be a little thin on wide receiver, I thought that ended up being pretty robust. If you have any thoughts, any suggestions, any complaints, hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers.
1: Okay, bye-bye.
3: The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
1: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it